how, how do you do like what okay i hate this because i how this, you this? <laughs> it's so weird i think if you do like i think it's like, I'm like that and then that then you can't spill but <laughs> that might foam a lot i don't know that's so dumb maybe it's supposed to, uh, all right uh i guess we're in the show maybe that was the pre-roll fuck it the Bruce Day Tuesday podcast episode 279. I'm Sam Ginsberg and here is Zach Nakashian. Woo! I, I didn't realize you had to host until I was almost done with the intro. Oh uh, no, I still don't remember all the shit that Tyler says. I just tuned him out. It's fine, yeah. Uh, I, I think we're going to have to tag team this one. Sounds good. Uh, we're each roughly half the man that Tyler is in terms of hosting the program in many Tuesday. ways in many ways um but uh this oh damn it barley barley's getting all our wires crossed here uh i don't even need these there's no one coming on the other end <laughs> sorry no worries it wasn't even fucking plugged in <laughs> it didn't have to be it's just a security blanket fuck <laughs> so this week we have a couple follow-ups from uh, last week and maybe the week before, I forget. We have someone who went crazy and made way too many beers. We have a mistake involving mixing fire and booze that you might not expect. Uh, and yellow belly beer. Alrighty. Uh, I think that's the thing Tyler usually does. And then he says, hey, someone else tell me what you have. So do that now. Yeah, so I'm here with... Um, talked about this the last time I was on the podcast. I'm here with Planters' is, uh collaboration mr ipa nut they did with uh who is this brewery again northwest uh noon whistle it's got an nw noon whistle Uh, i knew it would sound familiar and northwest didn't i was like nw that's all i got so i've got that um it looks like so this is brewed with peanuts it's an ipa so it's an ipa based on just like seemingly because they asked them to make an ipa and not the other beers that new whistle pitched so we i'm hoping this is going to be really bad like my biggest fear is that it's going to be super mediocre I think your fears are going to be realized. That's yeah. that's uh, actually kind of been what I've been told about it. So I, it looks like apple cider. Like it poured out, and it is. Oh yeah. Cloudy and apple cider colored. Yeah. So. And he has a full pint of it, so I'm gonna steal some into a taster. So that tastes like any other IPA to me. <laughs> like I don't really taste any peanuts. Okay, so take a deep inhale. I don't think it smells like peanuts, but I think it smells a little bit earthy. And I've, I've brewed a beer with peanuts before, and like, I don't know, it reminds me of that, but I guess that doesn't really mean anything. It does smell a little bit like dirty towels. It has like that kind of moldy, dirty towel smell. And that's the nicest thing we've been able to say about it so far. I mean, it tastes fine, I think, as far as like an IPA goes. Like, I actually don't dislike it. I just don't. For as hard as this was to find, I feel like they could have just made an IPA and done something else with the peanuts. And just written contains peanut on it? Yeah, I mean, it could be lying. Like, the only thing is, like, the color, like, looking at it. Yeah. I can see, like, you probably put something crazy in here. But yeah, like, I really don't taste any peanuts, and it's actually kind of like a fine IPA. Yeah, it's, uh, I like this earthy profile. Uh, I feel like you, you see a lot of 
piney stuff and a lot of citrus stuff, but I, I like the earthy IPAs and you don't see that much of them. And I'm just searching for nut. And <laughs> much like in the bedroom, no nut here. No nut to be found. Got him. So uh, I have a different beer than Zach does. Just my thought. I figured we'd change it up this week. Yeah. Um, so this, I'm very frustrated by this beer's label because it's like almost all just blank. And it's like, just tell me what your beer is, sir. I think it's a banana IPA, and I think the brewery might be Tool. Oh, uh, oh, the beer is called Dangerously Close to Stupid Amount of Banana. So hopefully it tastes like banana, or else this will be such a disappointing pair of <laughs> that beers. podcast of IPAs that are liars. You call them IPAs if, they, if this one also doesn't taste like anything. That's for free. It smells fruity. I wouldn't say banana in particular, but... Wow. Yeah, it's nanner, all right. It tastes kind of artificial. It doesn't taste like real nanner, but, like, it's... It's like, yeah, so Zach just made a face, which I think is probably similar to the face that I made, and it's just in reaction to the aggressive, upfront amount of banana flavor. It tastes like almost like green plantains, like the not like the not ripe yet ones. It's not super sweet. It's just like tastes like banana leaves to me. Like I haven't I haven't had those. Oh yeah. So any I guess just imagine a less sweet banana. Oh, like I more like fibrous, that. less sweet banana. Oh, I like that less. Yeah, well. wait, great, great. You fry them <laughs> like you fry them like potato chips. Oh, oh, okay. I think I think I have had those, like only only in the fried capacity. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I like this or not yet. <laughs> it's very strange, but I think that it would be a gross miscarriage of justice if your beer gets a higher rating than mine. Just in that yours, I think, is a failure. <laughs> mine is a success. I mean, they did call it like this. Is might almost be they're like oh, we might have put too many bananas in this. We I don't mean, know. So like, rarely do I have a beer that touts fruit flavor where I say, okay, this was too much of whatever fruit flavor oh, yeah. you advertised. And I don't even know if this is that, but it's at least in the ballpark, which is an achievement. Like in the in the beer Olympics we did a while ago now, that was like the last summer, or this past summer, like I think the, they had, there was a hazelnut beer that like really nailed it. Like I was like, that tastes like, like a shit ton of hazelnuts. And that was like the last flavored beer I remember. <laughs> It tasted like what it says it did. And it's probably a cost thing. Malts are probably cheaper than plantains, so they'd rather just... Or bananas. So they'd rather just use as little banana as they can get away with. But this one, they didn't do that. Maybe they it was just, their accountant talking. He's like, ah, oh, we might have used too many bananas, guys. I don't know if we're going <laughs> to be able to hit the black on this one. Oh, also, it's 9.3% ABV, which Good I for think them. is worth noting. Good for them. Uh, I I, that's why it doesn't taste very sweet. I mean, often I, I find that hoppiness is used to mask alcohol, and we've talked before about how uh, spiciness can achieve the same effect. And I think that this might just be, like, weirdness is covering it. Like, I'm just so baffled by what I'm tasting that I can't find the booze. <laughs> we'll see. I, I have a pint of it, so maybe by, maybe by the end it'll... Uh, I'll have my head around it. But you I sound like Ted Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do still have half my pre-show whiskey to drink during the show. We'll see how this goes. It'll be fine. Well, there's only two people's worth of uh, content for this week, so I think we should start off uh, with article stuff. Actually, let's get the let's get the bookkeeping out of the way first, because on Tuesday, Tuesday, I find that our the number one mandate is responsible journalism. You, I, I was kind of assuming you were going to say that along with me in unison. Responsible, you, responsible, responsible journalism. journalism. Yeah. Responsible Great. journalism, yeah, uh, absolutely. 
And so I just, we have a couple of article follow-ups. One is from Trillium. We talked about basically this this employee from Trillium, actually a bunch of employees from Trillium kind of got rat fucked out of their jobs. Uh, and one of them in particular leaked a bunch of shit. And this is an upgrade, uh, an update from Trillium basically saying, we know that people are mad and we're doing what we can to address the situation. Uh, now that I'm saying all this, it doesn't feel like that much of an update, huh? Another one is PBR was in a fight with uh, Miller about uh, some of the some of the way that their manufacturing works is PBR brews uh, most, if not all, of their stuff in Miller Coors facilities, and they like lease the space and the equipment, brew it there, and distribute it, and they were like their contract was coming to an end, and Miller Coors didn't want to re-up them, and they were. St- going to sue them for not like wanting to come to an agreement it appears that some agreement has been achieved but no one is talking about what it is probably that's a condition of the agreement is that they can't discuss the particulars but pbr is a top five shit beer for me so i'm pleased that it isn't going to stop existing i wonder what the sort of the, the rationale is on, like, the Miller end, like, what they actually got over on them, like, if there is some legal precedent for this, because I'm like, why the fuck would we let one of our biggest competitors continue to use our space? I think maybe we signed a deal 40 years ago. We're like, yeah, for 40 years, you can get back on your feet and give us... Like, I wonder if there's maybe some, like, percentage of, like, profits or sales or whatever that they're going to have to I'm, contribute. I mean, I think... Because I, I, like, I think you're, you guys. I think you're close in terms of how the deal originated. It was, you know, PBR was big, and then for the longest time, it, they barely existed and now like thanks to hipsters they're back to mattering and I, the economy there's a market for being a really cheap beer yeah there yeah, always will be definitely and and i think miller Coors's rationale for discontinuing the arrangement was now that you're actually our competitors we have an opportunity to fuck you we're gonna take it for which, sure is, you know it's good business so either maybe there was a condition of the original agreement and lawyers are making Miller Coors re-up or like you said maybe the, maybe the price just went way up or we're talking dividends here just because for this to be profitable for Miller Coors to essentially just say hey some of our market share just have it like they must be getting a lot of money in return but we don't and probably never will know the particulars of that too much news let's talk about like I don't know butts or boobs or something Nope, is I got me? nothing. Is that me? Okay. Well, I, I was like, I was like, what can I contribute? Mm, no. How about you? So I've been spending a lot of time listening to the radio uh, lately, and it is really it is the season where people still do that, huh? Well, I have to drive somewhere. Just like podcasts, man. Ah, uh, no. See, I don't, I don't do that. I, it's like for some reason I've just been listening to the radio, and we're in the season where one of our radio stations has been doing nonstop Christmas music since November first. November first, which is oh my God. fucking absurd. That's a sixth of the year. Yeah, one. Yeah, it's a sixth, it's the sixth of the year, and two. Like there is not that much good Christmas music. People, you know how many times I've heard it's the most wonderful time of the year? Like a thousand. I've heard Harry Connick Jr. do it. I've heard Michael Bublé do it. I've heard whoever originally did it do it, and, and then whoever covered it in the sixties do it. Like, and there's something odd about hearing it's the most wonderful time of the year on November fourth. Not when specifically. It's like, when it's like <laughs> it's not Christmas. It ain't even Thanksgiving. You mean like right after Halloween when you still got a shitload of candy? Is that the most wonderful time of the year? Candy's super even, cheap. Yeah. It's what are you best. getting at? 
So I think it's weird, one, that, like, you're going to use up your good Christmas music too early, and no one wants to listen to Hawaiian Christmas all of November. Like, I think December 1st, I'll give it to you, but, like, let's do, let's let Thanksgiving happen and, like, be its own thing. But there's a lyric, there are a couple lyrics that I think have really, like, stuck out to me in the Christmas songs. Um, and one is in uh, Most Wonderful Time of the Year, there are, there's a lyric that says, there'll be scary ghost stories. And then the blah, 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 Christmas is long, long ago. They're like, do they ever used to tell ghost stories around Christmas? Is that ever a tradition? Like, uh, holy ghost stories, man. The holy ghost stories, of course. <laughs> I mean, that's more Eastery, I feel like. Is it? Well, Holy Ghost didn't show up till Easter. That was like a, a dead Jesus thing. Is it? Well, yeah, he, he was just like a normal baby. Well, and I don't. Well, I don't think the. I don't think. I think Ghost is like a, a misrepresentation because it's like the Holy Spirit. I think the idea is, and maybe we should get uh, the only Christian currently in this house up here. To Tyler Dryblatt. Oh. <laughs> oh, actually, <laughs> that's Three Stacks' entrance music. Oh my by God! So, all right. So, tell me. That I'm wrong here, but I thought the the Holy Ghost is really just like the Holy Spirit, and the idea is the Trinity is the Father, the Son, and like the idea of God. So I thought the Holy Ghost was like the manifestation of Christ after his resurrection, and that like baby Jesus wouldn't have counted as the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit is just like a weird, like, I don't want to say loophole, but just like, there was, there was God, and then there was the Son, and then... There is still God, but now there's no physical representation, so, like, sometimes fire appears over people's heads. And, like, <laughs> that's... That's pretty cool. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does sound like he has the most pizzazz of all of this. <laughs> it's like, eh, sometimes stuff still happens. Okay. So what you're saying is, Zach was wrong and I was right, and my religious minor did something for something ever? I don't know. Maybe. But also, you guys keep saying that there are no Christmas ghost stories as though a Christmas carol doesn't exist. No, they, they said plural. That's the only one I can think of. Also, I mean, and o- multiple stories in one, kind of. Mm, I don't know. I don't know either, but like, where the, it just makes me feel like that was more of a tradition other than every year people sat down and told the story of a Christmas carol. Like, like just, like, a, just a man, man with, with a hook for a hand, I think is what you mean <laughs> at some point. And then the hook was in the car door. Oh, what a Christmas it's been. <laughs> also, there's cars. <laughs> it's in the carriage door. <laughs> oh, it was the evil fish cannery owner. Three stacks, you better be getting picked up here or else Zach and I sound like crazy people in this conversation. But no, I think like that, I also think... Um, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch is, like, the biggest hit piece ever put out. Like, it's okay. mean. That song is mean. They say some really mean <laughs> shit about the Grinch in that song, and all that was wrong. Like, the Grinch is the only person who understood that Christmas isn't about, you know, material goods. Right, the Who's were all about excess, and he was he was all about, uh, hey, maybe chill with the materialism, y'all. He was a burning holy fire that took away all their possessions <laughs> and taught them uh, the true meaning of Christmas, which was... Uh, community and mutual acceptance i've said this many times mostly to uh my in-laws who are very pro-christmas how i think that the story of the grinch from my perspective it's a it's a nice story but it just has a sad ending you know a man with strong convictions just cows to public pressure and loses his way in the end (laughs) yeah that's the takeaway and uh and they uh they really think that that's funny that i keep saying that (laughs) i just think like at the end, every time they, they try to do a new Grinch movie, and they're like, they're going to capitalize. Like, they're trying to profit off of the story of the Grinch, I just feel like is, like, the saddest misinterpretation of, like, what the Grinch is all about. Of just being like, you know what? Like, just be with like, people you care about. Film executives know that. 
but they know that they're going to make money, <laughs> so what do they care? <laughs> oh, I'm going to sweet Grinch bucks. Um, I also think it's bullshit that around Christmas, people are like... So I guess I like that around Christmas, people are nicer. I think that's great. I like when people are nice. People are like a little bit more patient to like in minor inconveniences, a little bit just more understanding about what other people have got going on and kind of let that stuff slide. I think that's great. What I think is bullshit is there's no reason we can't be like that all the time. People just go, oh, wow, it's so nice. Everyone's so great around Christmas. Like, fuck everybody all the time when it's not Christmas then. Everyone is perfectly capable of being a decent human being and just is not, except around Christmas. So I, I actually think it's the other way. Like, I think that over the course of a year, I have 1,000 units of patience that I can spend. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to evenly distribute those throughout the year. But some people are just dicks almost the whole year hoarding their patience units and then burn them all at the end because they because they don't roll over or something i'm not sure and i think the world would be a better place if instead of saving your i don't know emotional energy for being nice for a month just spread it out and be kind of okay all the time that'd be okay too i just think it's silly people are like wow it's so magical it's not magical it's just everyone's not an asshole for yeah. no reason like when people, someone like doesn't hold the door open for you, you go, you know what? They probably didn't see me. You don't go, oh, fuck, come on, come on. And people aren't like biting their hands off of like single moms to get a Furby anymore. We got all that out of our system on Black Friday, right? Which is also insane. Do you know they they stock worse materials on Black Friday? Like the manufacturers will send them cheaper versions of stuff, so you actually get like worse quality things. Well, that's why Friday. I own PlayStation two point eight because I was trying to buy a PlayStation three on Black Friday. No, no deal. Uh, the 2.8 will be fine. Is it backwards compatible with the 2? No, absolutely not. <laughs> what about the 3? No. I still have way more PlayStation 2 games than PlayStation 3 games. And uh, there's some good-ass PlayStation 2 games, and I'll just never play those again. PlayStation 2 is the golden age of video games. You had NBA Street Volume 2, uh, as well as SSX Tricky, uh, which is also the best GameCube game, I think, that is non-Nintendo made. We like, played different games. I was, I was, I just, I guess I was never that into sports games. And I guess I would think of, like, I don't know, board sports. Like, those are still sports games. It's a much different feel. Yeah. But, I don't know. I, I was playing, like, uh, Sly Cooper. Ooh, that was good. Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank. Uh, One of those three platformers. Yeah, Cartoon Violence, I think, was my jam at that point. I still like Cartoon Violence. I watch yeah. a lot of anime now. So, <laughs> Cartoon Violence is still kind of where it's at. But, yeah, I just think, like... I heard Malako Likimaka today on the radio, which is uh, aka Hawaiian Christmas, yeah. and uh, one, that's how you say Merry Christmas in Hawaiian, um, but also, they're running out. They're running out of songs. They're running out bad. <laughs> and is there something irritating about the, like, undertones of, like, the opposite of cultural appropriation? Like, like forcing people to, like, why is there even a Hawaiian word for Merry Christmas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they were a native culture. Let them celebrate... You know, that's how they Captain James Cook. Well, I mean, they thought he was a volcano god. That was sweet. I would rather celebrate that. I'm, I'm just saying they presumably before we like put our noses in the situation had their own holidays. Like, oh I'm yeah, not, I'm not saying they aren't allowed to celebrate Christmas. I'm saying they shouldn't be forced to deal with Christmas. Yeah, it's true. I I completely agree. Um, I also think I would much rather have a holiday where we all like baked a cake that looked like Captain Cook and we all ate it as a family. I would much rather do that than Christmas. So if, if there are any Hawaiians listening, do you do something like that? And if not, what would it take to get it started? Because I would definitely be down to eat his effigy. Well, I think the closest you're going to get to that in the uh, Contiguous 48 is a king cake from Mardi Gras. I mean, really just 
a cake that is for specifically for a holiday-based situation. They bake like a toy into that, right? Like a little baby. Yeah, actually, uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine that went to Tulane, so that's in New Orleans, and apparently, like, they won't sell you a king cake because because there's a plastic baby in it, and like they don't want to get sued for you choking on it. But they'll sell you a cake and a little plastic baby figurine, and with a with like a notice on it that says. Do not put baby in cake. Don't you put this baby in the cake. And, like, you know, people put the baby in the cake. Well, that's how and you then, do it. And then, like, I don't know, maybe, like, frost over it or something? Because I would think I would notice a big crater. It's right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you gotta go for the bottom. Oh, yeah. That's... I don't know why that never occurs to me, but that's <laughs> almost certainly how they do it. <laughs> oh, man. So that's just been my minor annoyance. It's been listening to Christmas carols for, like, the better part of a month and a half now. Uh, and, yeah, it's, um... Look, guys, there's, like, six good... We just need to get over the fact that there's only six good Christmas songs, and, like, you can... Like, there's All I Want for Christmas is You. That song sucks, dude. I mean, oh that's... I mean, look, people aren't going to stop putting that one on. That's got to make I was about to list. ask you, please name them, and then I All I Want for you Christmas is You is maybe the most irritating Christmas song. Look, she's got to get her checks. Or, no, shit. Who's the... Uh, what's that Paul McCartney song? I don't know. That's the most annoying one. Whatever that Paul, Paul McCartney is. You know what No, I have no idea. Fuck. Jingle Bell Rock. Jingle Bell Rock is fine. There's like three covers of that, so I've heard all three versions of Jingle Bell sure. Rock. I only want to hear the Run DMC Christmas song. I don't think I know that one. There's one there that's good, and then I want to hear. Uh, I like the first Noel. Uh, that only really that loses something in November, and I think if you're gonna only do six, you gotta throw all I want for Christmas. Is you on there? You gotta throw like one. Give the people what they want. You gotta give them one Michael Bublé song. You like pick your Michael Bublé Christmas cover. You only get one, and you know what? Fucking Deck the Hall sucks ass. Cancel that one. Yeah, that song sucks. It's very. Um, I would. I would put most wonderful time of the year. I throw on the right. Actually, I like that one. I would put Silent Night on there. Sorry, it's it's just like, it's it's not like, it doesn't jam, but it's good. It's pretty and it's classic for a reason. Have a holly jolly Christmas. That'd be my other one. I want the the version that they did in like the old puppet Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, like that one. Uh, I want that guy specifically doing it. And I think that's that's like what I would do for like the two and a half weeks or whatever. But only like really start you start December tenth, tenth to the twenty fifth. That that's what you get for Christmas. It's Hanukkah time now, fuckers. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I was just gonna say it seems super fucked that we have two Jews talking about Christmas on. I mean, we're recording this on the first night of Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, by the way. Happy Hanukkah. If my calculations are correct, Three Stacks is currently making vodkas. Yes. Um. Oh, not enough for you. Oh, that's okay. okay. I mean, <laughs> but I'm just the, happy that they're being made. The, the house will smell like oil, so you'll get that experience. It's a miracle. <laughs> it smells like oil for eight <laughs> nights. <laughs> what a sad... That's a weak one. We gotta just give up on Hanukkah. I think Jews across yeah. the world need to not... This is not the sword to die on. Just, uh, it's well, fun to have fun in the winter, but, like, obviously never happened. I wish we were celebrating the guerrilla warfare and terrorism of the actual Hanukkah story. And not this nonsense <laughs> about candle oil. Only Jews would celebrate, like, what a deal! Right. It was going to last in one day, but it lasted eight. I, I, I mean, the only reason that anyone even knows about Hanukkah is that it's theoretically a competitor with Christmas. Like, it's, like, part of the reason that the idea of happy holidays exists. It, but, like, it's, it's on the same tier of importance as, like, Purim. And no Gentiles know what Purim is. It's yeah. like more more Gentiles know what Hanukkah is than know what Yom Kippur is, which is like an order of magnitude more important. Yeah, it's easily at least one or two tiers higher in terms of Jewish holidays of importance. Yeah, yeah, we're like this is like Sukkot level 
importance, I would say. Like. Yeah, yeah, I would put I put Sukkot on the... I mean, it's... You guys are probably building that weird house. It's, 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 the, it's the B-Squad of, of Jewish holidays. He just built a weird house and he shook a lemon at it? <laughs> I don't know, it was crazy. It helps not to ask questions. <laughs> it's so weird. But yeah, no, I want, like, a good old-fashioned... Like, we should have to celebrate by going, like, laser tagging to, like, re- like the Maccabees versus whoever was oppressing oh. the Jews at that time. Everybody else. The Persians? <laughs> like... Was it the Assyrians? I don't. I honestly Man, can't keep I, track of what empire was. In I like. I like. Israel I whipped out my uh, religious studies minor earlier, so I should really know this one, and I certainly do not. The Babylonians? <laughs> oh my god. God. Gee, oh man, what were we doing? What were we doing? <laughs> I like poking bears all over the place. I guess everybody hated us. How many invasions does it take to where you actually start militarizing like everybody? Apparently, all of them. Yeah. Well, nineteen forty-nine we, is when you start. They, they got there. <laughs> All right, we have, we should stop talking about what? just this in particular. Let's hit this article. Um, I'm trying to. It's man, I I put Tyler on blast a lot for this, but I've been like thinking, I've been like looking for an opening for the last three minutes, and I just ooh, don't got one. Lack of variety of holiday songs equal a too much of a variety of uh, craft beer. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, <laughs> so this one comes to us from ColoradoSun.com. This is um, this probably will be a quick one, honestly. Uh, Weldworks Brewing was like, I guess, New Year's resolutions. Maybe we can talk New Year's resolutions a little bit, although it's about a month early. But they were like, hey, in 2018, we're going to make 100 new beers. And then uh, around the end of Q3, they were like, oh, we did it. Should we keep making beers? And they looked around and no one said to stop, so they did. And it's estimated that they'll get to 130 by year's end. And I think the idea here was just like, it's so easy for a craft brewery to get in a rut and just say, like, this is our IPA that people like. Here's our dark beer. Here's our light beer. You know, here's our pumpkin ale or whatever. And just, like, check the boxes and say, okay, we're making every beer that we need to touch every market we're looking to touch. We'll just stop. And they were like, wait, but part of why brewing is cool is you can be creative and you can make a peanut beer that doesn't taste like peanut, or banana beer that tastes arguably too much like banana, or you can do a bunch of other weird shit. And I think the weird shit is really where it gets interesting. So a, a couple of the the varieties that the article points out are Fruity Bits, Mango Milkshake, Hazy IPA. I've had a couple different milkshake IPAs on the show before. I feel like uh, mixed successes there. But the one that really grabbed my attention is... Red Velvet Cake Blonde Stout featuring 30 pounds of cake mix, an actual red velvet cake, cocoa powder, and more. And and really what what I think is interesting there is I'm just picturing the man that goes to, I don't know enough about Colorado. Like, around here it would be cops. I don't know what the grocery store is in Colorado. Maybe they went to Costco or something. Bought a red velvet cake, took it back to the brewery, just, like, looked at, you know, the bubbling vat, looked at the cake... That cake, that cake, and then just like, eh, fuck it, and just dumped it in. Like, I love that idea. And I mean, these two beers are beers I would really like to try. My guess is these are probably two of the more interesting beers of their crazy arsenal that they have now. But I think from a marketing side, from like a business side, usually, I don't know, usually Tyler's on here, and Tyler's, you know, fucking free love hippie, so I have to be the business side pragmatist but yeah. we don't really have that dichotomy here so i like my instinct is always to think about the business side if they made 130 beers somewhere in the 100 to 130 range probably a lot of those suck 
and say maybe a dozen are amazing. And and many of those were probably popular. You know, like, just at the end of the year, look at the books. What were your 20 most successful beers? Those ones should come back, or at least, like, you know, consider bringing them back as seasonals. And now you, even if you're not figuring out what beers are the best, you're at least figuring out what beers is your market the most interested in. Like, maybe your IPAs did really poorly because your market doesn't like IPAs or something like that. And, like, this is just, like, I don't know, from a software developer's perspective, this is so much raw data that you can do a bunch of cool shit with that, like, I think their goal wasn't the business side, but I think there's a lot they could do with this. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking more along the lines of, like, so 130 beers, let's say, like, like a dozen, like it's one. What are your best ones? Like what? Just objectively taste the best. I think you can go really far as Ooh, a brewery. Objectively taste the best is a really rough sentiment. I mean, but like, right? Like what turned out, right? Like what's like you know what? That is what we wanted to do, and this is like ah, these didn't work. Like, yeah. Throw all the ones that didn't work. I'm sure a full 30, 40 beers, the head brewer tastes them like, ah, well, oh well, get one of them all. Exactly. Bottle them, ship them, whatever. Because here's what I'd look at. I look at one like what had the biggest. Like, you look at sale numbers, like, the week or two that they're, like, new, and that lets you know what ideas people think are cool. Not necessarily if it was, if you executed or not. Because then sure. I look at, like, what was selling the best four weeks after it was introduced. Because that's probably, this beer is a good idea and people liked it, so we have a market for it and the quality was probably there. Well, so like, let me stop you right there. Yeah. Because my guess is uh, Planner's Mr. IPA Nut continues to fly off shelves despite the fact that it is unimpressive. Yeah. Because you, you can you can goose your long-term numbers a little bit by really limiting supply. You release, for sure. I mean, I think that's where you got to look at, like, raw, like, how many did we sell, not, like, what percentage of, like, stock did we, like... I guess you have to look at, too, I guess, like, how much did we put out. But they're, that's they're, fair. They're, in compl- they're in control of their own supply chain, so they, they know what shit they're artificially limiting as though it's, like, good or worth everyone's time. Because, yeah, because I want to know, like, which, is anyone getting it twice? Because yeah. if no one's getting it twice, it sort of doesn't it doesn't matter how well it sold necessarily the first time. Because I would never get this again. I checked it off the list. It's sort of whatever. But yeah. like, I think this is a really cool thing. And they said basically like, hey, this is probably like a little bit much. We're probably like kind of pushing people a little too hard. I'm like, 130 beers in a year is a ton. Yeah. That's like more than two a week of like new beers that you are like putting out. Yeah. Um, which is crazy impressive. Um, but like at this point, you get to look at what did you have the most fun making? What came out? What is like? What's like? What are your team favorites? Like. You can whittle this down to like probably like thirty like really strong beers or at least really interesting beers that you'd want to like refine, which is more than enough I feel like for like a brewery. If you have thirty beers that I want to yeah. try, like that's great. I mean, and if you can just pick like eight of those to be these were beloved but expensive to make. Now those are your seasonals for sure. And I mean, like and you, you bring them out, they'll be super popular while you do, and then you pull them to to make sure that people are like, oh, I can't wait until. Red Velvet Cake Blonde Stout comes back. I was just thinking that'd be a great winter seasonal, I feel like. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And, I mean, I think that uh, Erie Brewing Company proved that with uh, Old Red Cease and Desist. Because uh, back in college, we would wait all year for Old Red season and buy three cases of it. Or, for most of college, send someone who's 21 to buy us three cases of it. Because... <laughs> yeah. Everybody wanted it. It sold out super fast, so, like, you had to go and get as much as you could because it wasn't going to be around. And my guess is if 
Old Red were available all year, we would have been like, yeah, it's good, but I'm not going to drink it all the time. Yeah. But while it's available, that's all I'm buying from Erie Bruco. And what's it? Great Lakes does their like winter, like their Christmas. The cri- well, that, like the thing about Great, Great Lakes Christmas Ale is how bad it sucks ass. People like it. So many people like it. I don't get it. I just, I don't think it tastes like anything. It's also like 9%. That's one of those ones, too, where people are like, I had four of those, and I got belligerently drunk. And they're <laughs> like, all right, well, take it easy. Shouldn't get, like, I feel like three beers should not put you off kilter at a Christmas event. Like, if I want to, like, be like, all right, I'll just have three beers, and I'll hang out, I would be like, whoa! Right. And like, goddamn, Christmas ale got me again. Uh, There's also a little plastic baby in one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's super dangerous. Yeah, so just be careful. <laughs> just be careful out there. A beta should do that. A beta should do a beer that is like king cake flavored, and then they actually put one of them has a little plastic on it that's too big to get out of the bottle again. So like you don't choke on it, but like you win something. You, bring you, in the you, thing could, with like you a, could even like print it on like the back side of the label so you can peel it off or something like that. That's but for free, Abita. The thing about Abita is how their beer isn't very good. Not very good. good. Yeah, it's really bad. I remember <laughs> I remember being really disappointed when I went to New Orleans. Uh, I, I think, like, the American South in general just is lacking in the, Everywhere. In the brewery department. Oh, okay, um, yeah. We might as well add that to the pile. Well, <laughs> um, ribs are good. Yeah, they're really killing it in the rib game. If only you could teach kids to read with ribs. They'd really, <laughs> their education would look a whole lot better. Oh, boy. Well, if you're going to cook ribs, you're going to need a little bit of fire. Yeah. For cooking. For sure. And, hey, wait, don't we have an article about fire, loosely? I think we do. <laughs> Great. That was smooth. Fuck me, dude. That was Ray Charles smooth. Don't let Tyler hear this. <laughs> Tyler, don't listen. He'll never let off. me hear the end of it. <laughs> I it off. Uh, so this is kind of a weird one. This is from Freep.com. We used a red-hot poker making the century-old winter beer recipe. And so basically the idea is, I guess in 1900... The hip thing to do was take a dark beer, yep. which back then was probably shit because they hadn't figured out how to make beer good yet. Take a bar- dark beer, start a fire, stick a fire poker in it, stick the poker in the beer. Uh-huh. It, you know, fizzes and foams, and then you put, like, nutmeg and sugar on top. Okay. And then you drink it. What does the fire do there? What's happening there? Uh, the best I can imagine is it caramelizes something? I don't know. Huh. I guess. Gotta do something. The word that. emulsify comes to mind. Might be using that wrong. But apparently, like, some of the world's hipsteriest hipsters done did this, and basically their review was, nah, it's fine. It's fine. Which is, like, really just not what I was looking for. I wanted it to be, like, it's complete trash or... Everyone really needs to try this. They, they said that the best part about it was that it's fun to do, which I could totally see. For like, sure. Like, there's, I don't know, there's something caveman appealing about that. You know, s- sticking it in, I imagine it goes, and then you see it bubble, and, like, that seems satisfying to me. But also, like, do you wash the poker beforehand? Or is there just, like, cakes ash all, in, all up in your beer? I mean, maybe that's nice. Maybe it neutralizes it a little bit, you know? That's what you need. Neutralizes how? I don't know. Like, I feel like ash being like a very neutral tasting thing. Like, I'm more worried about, like, is it crunchy? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I, I think, like, this is sort of one of those things where I'm honestly not surprised that it just sort of wasn't very impactful because, like, when you didn't have TV, this was just something to do. Like, I, like, I guarantee 
if you just add a bunch of sugar and nutmeg to a warmer beer, it's probably fine. It's probably kind of nice. But if you get to, like, jab a hot poker into anything, like, that's yeah. just fun. That's just good old-fashioned fun. Uh, and if you're not... Like a hobo or... Hey, hobos are people, too. Just because, you know, no one's around doesn't mean it's not a crime to okay. stab them with hot pokers. It's good just to remember. It's good to remember. Hot that's tip. Hot legal tip. PSA for the week. Yeah, I watched a lot of Law & Order. Apparently they still frown on that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, I'm just amazed that anything from 100 years ago is actually not a stupid idea. Like, anything we do, we're like, we tried a 100-year-old recipe, and it was pretty good. You're like, good for them. Good for them for trying their best, because, you know, they had no idea how anything worked. The world was still a scary and new place. James Cameron hadn't gone to the bottom of the Marianas Trench yet, so it's like they had, they'd barely done anything. So I'm I'm pretty psyched that they survived long enough to make us. I think we hadn't gone to the Marianas Trench as opposed to we hadn't been to the moon is an interesting pull. I mean, the moon, fuck the moon. Nothing was up there. Who knows what the fuck is down in the Marianas Trench? Like, that's at least here. Some squids that'll fuck you good. Some crazy good squids. Because squids are great at, great at fucking. That's what all the marine biologists <laughs> have said. They love fucking these squids. Can't get enough fucking these squids. And that's that, what the mainstream media doesn't want you to know. That'd be my favorite discovery. It's like, this squid sucks dicks real good. Like, <laughs> and it's like, what? Excuse me? Yeah, like, I don't know. That, that's, that's, we go and down it, there and it just sucks dicks. Like, it's like instinctually sucking and it, dick. And it high fives you afterwards. It's very strange. It's super encouraging. It's great. We've had a lot of people die from depressurizing their suits, trying to get their pants off. <laughs> we gotta stop putting belt buckles on these diving suits. <laughs> Motherfucker, how did we get there? Oh, right. Because people from back then didn't know what the fuck. Uh, I don't know if I've told you before about uh, in college when we were brewing a lot, we made a beer that was essentially the closest approximation we could do of uh, George Washington's personal porter recipe. We made the presidential porter, and we made maybe a dozen different beers in college. Not quite 130, but... uh, Over the course of a semester, a dozen beers is pretty good, I think. You were um, busy. You had other shit to do. Yeah. It was just every Saturday. It was like, well, fuck it. We're brewing today, and this is our whole day. And that was, I would argue, the worst beer that we made. Because for a five-gallon batch, you need, I think it was four pounds of molasses. Wow. Now that I'm saying that, that can't be right. But a shitload of molasses. And the beer, believe it or not, it just tasted like you were drinking molasses, which is not actually Good. No, it's not. You need molasses is like vanilla extract, and that you expect it to taste really good, but it doesn't. No, if you prefer like actually put vanilla extract in your mouth, or like you know that baking chocolate that comes in those bricks. Yeah, yeah. It tastes like shit. Oh my god. And it's. I mean, it's it's all the same. It's, but like it's just way too much molasses, and it's just like sticky and gross and a waste. And I was like, George Washington, what were you even doing? But the thing is, back then. Maybe that was good by comparison. Compared to everything else? I mean, sure, you couldn't drink the water because you'd die. And he probably didn't have any taste because he just smoked a pipe all day. Sure. And, you know, he had to eat 18th century box. And that, you know, probably wasn't awesome. Why? What was wrong with the 18th century box? I don't know. I feel like they didn't have all the uh, the nice things we had. They hadn't seen sex in the city yet, so no one knew how to take care of their vagina. When you say... I really just want you to get a little more granular here. When you say take care of a vagina... Yeah, we're not talking about douching here, are we? No, because no, no. douching is no, like it's bad for it. There, there was a there was a time where that was in the 60s I was probably, I was probably in like middle school. Okay, that I would call someone a douche or a douchebag and be like, "This is I don't it's still I don't, there. I don't really know what this insult means, but I know it's a thing I can say to someone that is an insult. So I'll say it for sure. And then I learned that it was like 
the understanding that I gained in high school was that it was for feminine hygiene and it was good for women. And I was like, well, now I'm going to stop using this as an insult because it feels insensitive. And then I learned what it like actually is. And now all of a sudden, a douche at best is useless and at worst is like dangerous. So then like, if we're talking about a useless, shitty object, then like, oh, all of a sudden it's a viable insult again. Yeah, useless and shitty. And again, you're with vaginas. We'll be the lamest vagina. thing at all. <laughs> you want to hang out the boys? That's what you want to do all day. <laughs> uh, but no, I just think like I was everything in the past is demonstrably worse than now. Like if it worked for like eleven really smart people who lived before 1950, the world would be like I feel like measurably worse. Like they were like. So who, who are your who are your all stars? So you get was it uh, Alexander Graham Bell. So uh, maybe, but he, Newton, they're like Newton, obviously. Oh, uh, we go, we go way back. So he invented calculus in less time than it takes to learn calculus now. Well, he's not the only one who did that. That's fair. So I mean, I guess well, we, we gotta put one of them up there. So put put Newton on there. So yeah, Newton, Einstein, uh, it's like Boiler. Sure. Uh, that dude's all over the place, and I assume that in other fields there are equivalent people. Are like wow, like this guy. Or this woman did everything. Who's that woman who did all the mathematical calculations for like uh, space for like early oh, NASA? Oh, dude, I don't, I don't know her name, but she's a fucking rock star. Can we talk a little bit more about Euler? Because we're talking a lot about the degrees that I have today. It's all about you today. Yeah. One, one of my favorite math degree facts is so there's like Euler's theorem and all this shit, and like you never get to name your theorems or like formulas or whatever, and usually it's like whoever discovered a thing. It's the thing named after them. But Euler discovered so much goddamn stuff that they they were like, we can't call ten different things Euler's postulate. Like, it's just going to get confusing. So they started just naming it after the second person to figure it out. Because they, so were, because they were like, Euler has, Euler has enough things. Euler's done. Euler's all full. Let's just give it to next man up for That's some of this so stuff. That's so good. Like, it's so good. Like, he's like the Kevin Bacon of math. Where it's like, that dude is just everywhere. Like, you have a number, you get a number. Like, do you that's, have one? No, that's actually, you're talking about Paul Erdős now. Oh, an Erdős number, yeah. So, Erdős wrote more, but Euler discovered more. I do have an Erdős number. I'm an Erdős 3. That's not bad. I think for someone my age, it's it's pretty good. They're actually, uh, you can, um, there are people with low enough Erdős numbers that they can make money off of it. Because people will, people who... They want to get a higher number, so like they'll... Uh, we, we want a lower number. Or sorry, yeah. A better uh, number. A better number. So if you if you don't have an Erdős number or you have a shitty Erdős number and you can find someone with a low Erdős number, you can be like, I did all of this math. If you signed as a co-author, I'll give you some money or, or even just some prestige for doing more math just so I can have the Erdős number. Oh, that's so, that'd be so nice as a professor if you didn't want to publish anymore, but you have to. You just throw your name on shit because people want, like, the cred. It's, they want to siphon it's, off. It's very possible that's what happened to me. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it is, but I did a research program, and I got my, my Erdős number from the person who ran the internship, and she didn't do much of the math, but she did some of it. But then she was like, so it's up to you guys if you want me to sign on as a co-author or not. But just in full disclosure, I have an Irish number of two. And then we were all like, oh, dude, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Put your name on this. That's really cool, though, that person to be like, not to at least not put like a ton of pressure on you guys to be like, let me on the thing. Because I don't right. want to do shit because I have tenure now. And I just want to like 
take my publishing super yeah. easy. She was she was a super chill lady. Shout out to Dr. Manda Real. Nice. I'm sure she's doing fine. I haven't talked to her in a very long time. Fucking how the fuck did we get here? We need to talk about beer again. Uh, you want to talk about yellow belly beer? It is our last article. I like it because it sounds like something that John Wayne would have yelled at someone that is like his probably like second to least bad slur that he could yell at you. Well, speaking of slurs, it's oh. actually... Uh, <laughs> oh, I just saw the bottles. Oh. So the reason he's making this noise is he just saw the bottles, which is... It's it's essentially Klansman's robes that you put over the bottle. So, like, think, you know, it's sh- uh, a poorly done sheet ghost over a bottle with eye holes cut in there. So yeah, they should have made the tops nice and round if they didn't want to tell me. Well, but I mean, they the, clearly do want they to do, like, They yeah, do, they, they do. The idea is they're calling Klansmen cowards is, is what they're getting at here. But that's, like, I mean, that's the... The first thing you see because they want to grab your attention. But that's actually not really what the article's about, which is a shame because I would much rather talk about that. And we can because we're adults and we make we our own decisions. Yeah, fuck it. Um, what the article's actually about is this brewery, Omnipolo, I guess, along with Buxton. They did some weird, like, sister brewery UK-American alliance thing. They made this yellow belly thing basically to call out Klansmen and kind of in general the alt-right just, like, your scared of other cultures and you're hiding behind a mask like this is obvious cowardice you're a yellow belly was the idea but there's a different brewery bateman's brewery which has been making a beer called yellow belly much longer it's slightly different i you know i'm a southern boy so you can tell the difference when i say yellow belly versus yellow belly a yellow belly but we're talking about a yellow Belly versus a yellow, yellow. Is that right? Yellow, yellow. I think yellow. Sorry, again, southern. Uh, <laughs> yellow belly. So, in terms of how it's written, they're different. But like, basically, it's this same thing that we've reported on a number of times before, which is one micro targets another micro and says, "Hey, we already have a beer called this. You can't make your beer be called this." And I'm kind of conflicted about this because if if I make something that I'm really proud of and someone else makes a thing and calls it the same thing. I don't know. That's irritating to me. But the question is, is it irritating enough to give them a cease and desist such that they have to stop making their thing? Yeah. I I think it's interesting. I think for this kind of stuff, like there are so many breweries and so many beers. Like I think at some point you have to think about market overlap. Like, is there any reasonable chance that someone is going to buy this beer thinking it's your beer or vice versa. Like, are they going to get extra sales on, like, like by dint of, like, your brand strength? Like, and so I, I think, I think like, that's I think that's the key. Oh, I'm an apologist from Sweden. I said that wrong before. Sorry. So my guess is uh, no, because no one in the fucking world buys Swedish beer. Well, that, um, that, was, that was only one half of it. Buxton, I think, is from the States. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm a dumb, stupid man. Uh, if if this were Tyler, he would be able to tell you where these things are from. It's like you didn't send yourself the articles either. It's I just d- like Tyler's been here. Oh, oh, no, I didn't. Three Sacks found all these from me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why uh, we're keeping her on as associate producer. No, yeah, I, I think your point is totally valid. It's unless, unless their concern is the, like... Uh, it's weird for me to say that it could be considered a hot take that the KKK is to be, uh, I don't know, mocked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but unfortunately, where w- the state we're in now, 
there's a, a chance, I would say an outside chance, but a chance that Bateman's is like, Klansmen's are going to stop drinking our beer because they think we're this other one that's mocking them. Well, I mean, yeah, they do a lot of... Uh, their other beer called Mississippi Burning uh, Didn't Tell the Other Side of the ah. Story is, uh, I think, <laughs> indicates where they lie. Oh, man, I just realized that you could make a, uh, a fruity beer called Strange Fruit, and uh, that would be an extremely poor taste, but... Yeah, you could do a whole lot of stuff, like... Let's not let hey. Oh, I'm not gonna hey, let's not miss all of them. Different racist beers you could make. No, but yeah, I think it's like. I mean, honestly though, it's like, is there another term for cowardly that they can use? Like, fine, fuck it, we'll call so, it. So, this actually, for once, me reading the article in advance, I can give you the background. Yep. Um, so they 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 I I mentioned the like sister brewery thing, and the idea was yeah. they some I don't actually know where this even originated from, but somebody came up with seven pairings of European and American brewing. Uh, and I think the idea was for it to be a rainbow. Yeah. So each pairing was assigned a color. So they were assigned yellow. So that's okay. where it came from. So uh, could they turn it into... Lily-livered. Like, Nazis are cowards ale? <laughs> yellow. Yeah, uh, yeah they, they absolutely could. But it wouldn't, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be yellow anymore. And Call it yellow dogs or something. Is yellow dogs a name for a coward? I feel like you could and yellow anything. Like you could like yellow being yellow in and of itself is cowardly. Sure. Like, you could just call someone yellow. So like you can honestly just call it yellow. Like Yeah, but then I, uh, I do worry that we go into And then Coldplay, you know, gets in the mix <laughs> and they're like, Alright guys, we have some precedence on this and it was all yellow, not one thing in particular. But calling a group of people yellow has separate also racist <laughs> undertones that I worry about. Well, as long as you don't make it look like a railroad worker, like you're fine. <laughs> like, I, and I, I don't know, I I think I think really part of it was it'd be one thing if this brewery that had been making this beer for decades was like Hey, you started making this beer. We already have a beer called that. Can you call it something else? That'd be one thing. Yep. But the the newer Yellow Belly has been around for five years. So a long time. It clearly did not affect them like at all. I wouldn't think so. But and and you know, it's probably, you know, as technology advances, there's more and more shit on Twitter and yeah. on tap and whatever, so it's easier for people to, to, to be like, oh, there's these two things. But it's Almost certainly not affecting our sales, or else this would have come up before. And also, your whole concern is that they're affecting your brand, but them changing them, their name affects their brand too. If you had caught them year one, and they they just been like, yeah. "All right, cool, cool, we got you. We'll call it Nazis or cowards, and brew something else to be the yellow whatever." You sure, know? sure. Yellow has a lot of connotations. Some of them aren't racist, luckily. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a non-racist connotation. The Yellow River? That's fine, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you make a beer based on that. You fill it with uh, um, silt. Make a make a hefeweizen That's with, with, with a little bit of orange. Call it like Yellow Sun. That's fine. That's okay. That's okay. That's a little boring, but I think you can you can do something like that. But yeah, the Yellow River is kind of interesting. Interesting, yeah. Uh, fill it with alluvial soil, and uh, you're good to go. <laughs> but the fact that it. it came up after five years, it's tougher for them to be like, you know that beer that you guys all love? We're going to keep making it. We're going to change the names. The same beer. Please keep drinking it. And we actually did an article last ye- last week about a beer called MILF. And the brewers were like, uh-huh. we're, for, for once fucking ever, no one made them change the name. They were like, 
Yeah, we're gonna stop making a beer called Milf because it seems like it, <laughs> seems like it, it might be bad juju. Crack so. open a case of Milf. Right, and uh, that's what they were trying to avoid. Nice. Uh, were, were they trying to avoid it? Like I don't know. You think they're like, what are we gonna call it? Well, we got a bunch of stuff. Let's just put a bunch of letters in a bag and we'll just pull them out one well, by one. So it, the brewery is called Mothers. So I think they're oh, that's actually to... that's pretty good. If your brewery is called Mothers, though, you call your that, that's pretty good. Well, they they actually changed the acronym to be something else. Like it was. Mother's something liquid fantasy or something uh-huh, like that. Uh-huh. I don't remember what it was. but That uh, sounds ex- exactly the same as MILF, but just with different words. Right. Uh, when I mean, you throw liquid fantasy in the mix. I mean, they, they knew what they were doing. For sure. And That's so pretty then, good. So then they were like... Going to grow up a little bit. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, they were... I mean, I think if you take the altruistic view, they wanted to grow up a little bit and not, like, be misogynist at all, I think it's more likely that they were like, it's only a matter of time until... Uh, Twitter roasts us for this shit, so yeah. let's get ahead of it. But. I think they wanted to start fucking younger women, and they were like, "Milf's too old." All played out. We're go- we're getting out of the milf game. Uh, yeah, they, they did call it uh, starter wife. Slutty coeds. <laughs> Slutty coeds is a new beer. Like fuck. Their CEO is <laughs> like fuck. What are we doing? <laughs> oh man, I what I do like. So what I think is interesting, I guess, about the bottle, like it was really shocking. Like, it was something like, really eye grabbing. It's like it's literally like a beer bottle looks like a Klansman. And it has like in like sort of old, old west font, like yellow belly across yeah, the base and, of the bottle. At first, I was before I read the article, I was like, "Oh no, is this the most racist shit I've ever seen?" Because I hadn't realized it was a lampoon. I thought it was supporting them <laughs> oh at first, God. and I was like, "That's a really That's crazy. hot take, y'all." Uh, no, I think like just logistically though, it looked like maybe like some muslin fabric, probably something really cheap around the outside of the beer. A dropping is. risk. Dropping risk, I think. Like, you get some wet cloth in between the glass and some moisture. Oh, I thought that was paper. Is it? Is it just, like, butcher's paper? I, I, I really can't tell you. It looks like it looks like paper to me. Like, these, these crinkles? These I don't folds, know. That looks like... Uh, well, listener... Um, if you know what yellow belly's made out of, we're, we're, are you worried about dropping it? We're putting all of these in the show notes. You can let us know on Twitter, at Bruise Tuesday. Do you think this is paper or a cloth? Uh, and we will say... Whatever, who cares? And we'll say, I don't know, whatever. Uh, and I won't read it, regardless. You can say, you know what? I feel like Zach is particularly meandering on this podcast, and he needs to get it together. And I'll say, didn't read it, because I don't have access. I don't have access to that uh, that Gmail, the Bruce Tuesday podcast at gmail.com. I'll forward it to you. All right, sweet. <laughs> awesome. I can't wait to read all the Gap ads you guys get. It's anything like my Gmail. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, well, I, I can just show you, like... Uh, so we have an unbelievable number of emails that are just from WordPress. Like, look, this is a hundred emails from WordPress, just in one thread. Yeah, and and it's it's just robots signing up for our site, posting spam, and then presumably moving on to the next one. Thank you, India. You can use that to boost your uh, your ad revenue. Uh, the thing is, I don't think it it counts as hits on the URL if if our stats are to be believed. But whatever, can't win them all. Shit, dude, we started at a weird time. I don't know how much... Actually, we're probably good to, to rate. Uh, Surely. Somehow we'll avoid... I mean, you're going to have to chop out half of what we just talked about. No, you only said the N-word like three times. We'll be fine. Oh. <laughs> I'm leaving. Must have snuck a couple by you. <laughs> yeah, so please tell me about... I, I feel like if you're really going to tell someone that something... If you're going to reveal the truth... Yeah, yeah. You know... Like drop a truth bomb here. You, yeah, you got you to gotta bust a myth, and in this case... Bust a nut for me. Okay, so I drank Noon Whistles 
uh, with planters, Mr. IPA Nut. It was a 6.3, I want to say, uh, out of Illinois. Citrus aroma with a hint of honey roasted peanuts, followed by a slightly salty finish. And so realistically, like, this is one of the better, like, if this was just a random IPA I'd picked up, I would say this is probably one of the better IPAs I've had in a while. It's, like, earthy and just sort of, like, bitter without being, like, that sort of, like, yeah, like, evergreeny kind of citrusy ness that you get out of, like, the really grassy kind of flavor. Like, it was just, like, super earthy and honestly, like, pretty nice. Like, especially in, like, the winter. I don't think I really want that kind of bitter stuff in the summer. But as far as my IPA, it was great. It didn't taste like peanuts. It didn't really taste salty to me at all. Like, it really didn't do anything with the peanuts. Like, if you had told me there were no peanuts in there, I would have said, of course there aren't. It's an IPA. Why are you mentioning peanuts at all? So I think as, like, a, a collab with Planter is, like, a total failure. It even tasted, I think, a little bit. The one bit, it had a little bit of a weird aftertaste. I feel like sometimes you get, like, a little nib of a peanut that's, like, something's not quite right with it. And it's, like, really bitter. Uh, that that might have been the salt. I don't know. Like, it, it just was, like... Anyth- if anything, I feel like the peanuts made this worse than it would have been had this brewery just put out an IPA. I would have said, wow, they really did a good job with that yeah, IPA. Yeah, it makes me want to drink Noon Whistle IPAs that aren't this specifically. Yeah, exactly. I feel like the peanuts either added nothing at best or at worst like brought this product down. And certainly did, at least in terms of marketing. Uh, this is not worth the effort. If you live in Illinois and you're like clamoring to try to get this from somewhere, like don't bother. You're just better off. Honestly, like, I might just try more Noon Whistle stuff because they actually did a pretty good job with this, I feel like. They rescued this. They were... They were put in a situation where they had to make a shitty beer and they made an all right beer. Which so, is, yeah. good on that. So considering this was none of the ideas that they had pitched for what they wanted to do with peanuts. Uh, I blame planters entirely, but yeah, I'm going to give this like, I don't know, I guess like a 5.1, like a 5.1. Like, it's not bad. It's definitely not bad, but it's really not worth the effort it's going to take to get it, and it just tastes like a pretty good IPA. Shout out to Brian Smith and Brian Smith's brother Thank for you, getting this here. I just want to read Brian's review of the same beer when he first got it and was like, I'm going to give this to you, which he did not do. He gave it to Zach, and I tried it. I asked him, have you tried it? He said, yeah, it's very whatever, honestly. I asked him, can you taste the nut? He said, phrasing. <laughs> I said, intentional. And he said, not really. So Completely agree. Yeah. Um, I would say it's better than whatever. I think as far as IPAs have had lately, that's, that's probably one of the better IPAs I've had probably in the, in the past and, couple months. And I think, like, context is so important. If you're like, this is a peanut IPA. Terrible peanut it's, IPA. It's a, yeah, yes. it's a disappointment. But it, as an IPA, I thought it worked. Yeah. So, new whistle, good job making the best out of a bad situation, but I just don't think this really hit uh, what it was going for. Did you put a number on it? I was 5.1. Cool. Wow, so that's actually the hardest part of my beer. Dangerously close to stupid amounts of banana buy. I think it's called Tool. I don't know. It's very foreign. Uh, I think this is a Danish beer. Actually, I have to take another sip because I've been drinking it and thinking that it's remarkable, and I still haven't decided if I like it or not. Nope, still don't know. God damn it. This beer is so strange. It, if you want a beer that tastes like, I don't know, I guess... Maybe plantains is a more accurate take than banana, but, like, you'll definitely get banana out of this. And maybe a little bit of, like, a little artificial, maybe a little bit of a Laffy Taffy thing going on here, but but also, wait, hold on, not really much hops at all? Also, how is this 9.5 and I don't taste it? This beer is a marvel. It's a medical marvel. <laughs> I recommend this to everyone, and yet, somehow... I'll give it a 6.2. It's just an experience worth having. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you only had a sip, but, like, 
This beer's wild, right? I have not been that confused by a taste in my mouth in a while. And, like, if you're the type of person who doesn't want to be adventurous, then I guess I don't recommend it to you. But if you, like, are looking to try something interesting, I can't guarantee you you'll like it. But I can guarantee you you'll be like, wait, what the fuck? Which, uh, I think is a valuable experience. For sure. So we're, we're ready to close it down, right? Yeah, I think so. Cool. So if you want to send us an email, you'll send us an email at, or here's the quiz. Send us an email at? Podcast at gmail.com. Nice. Or you can comment on our links at our URL, which is? Brewstoos.com. I know. Or tweet at us. At Bruce Tuesday. Ah, uh, yes. Ha, I got him. I briefly Woo. forgot our Twitter and realized you were correct. Oh, that feels so good. I was so nervous. Yeah, three for three. Excellent. Honestly, we have to account for volume here. Yeah. But your percentage is higher than Tyler's at this point, which is kind of <laughs> fucked. Sample size. Yeah. Well, we'll, uh, we'll catch you dweebs next week. Hopefully, you will get dipped back to... I don't know. Just steer us where we need to go. Just direct us a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Bye. Don't let the bastards keep you down. Oh, shit. God damn it. (laughs) Got him. (laughs) Catch all your tears. Drink the remedy. Forget about your problems. Here comes a shot. Lose all your thoughts. Drink the remedy. Forget about your problems. This one's on me. Fix you for free. Drink the remedy. Forget about everything. This one's on me. Got what you need. And take your matters.